Hyper Time to Podcast. I am your host, Josh Miller, and I am bringing you another episode by myself. Alan is stuck up in the Northeast dealing with some bad weather, um, specifically a blizzard. Um, and since November has not been pleasant to get any recording done, I wanted to make sure I had something out for November, so I will do this episode by myself. Um, it will be a shorter episode. There's surprisingly not a lot about this topic. Um, I say surprisingly, it's actually not that surprising since what we're going to talk about is something that never actually came to fruition. Um, so I don't think there's really a whole lot of information out there. But yeah, I, first off, I just kind of want to apologize for the delay in getting this episode out. Uh, at the end of October, my grandmother passed away, um, so there was some dealing with that uh, that I had to take care of, um, and then I've also been dealing with trying to schedule um, some carpal tunnel surgery, which has been fantastic, let me tell you, um, dealing with other issues at home, and then my son broke his nose, so I've been dealing with that as well. Um, so there's just been a lot of things kind of on my plate recently that has kind of made it very difficult for me to have the energy, um, the desire, really, to podcast at all. Um, but figured I really wanted to get something out. I don't want to skip a month if possible. So here I am. And next week is Thanksgiving, so I'm not sure how easy it will be to re- episodes, but uh, if Alan and I can get together to uh, hit up December's early, then that'll be fantastic because I have a vacation planned in December for a whole week, so that will cut off some time for me there. But today, we are going to discuss a DC Comics event that wasn't an event because it never actually happened. We are going to talk about the follow, well, the um, attempted follow-up to Crisis on Infinite Earths called Crisis of the Soul. Um, It actually went by a few names, um, depending on who you ask, but Crisis of the Soul, from what it sounds like, that is the uh, quote-unquote official title. As I mentioned, there's not a whole lot about this topic because it never actually happened. So the majority of my information actually comes from one source, for the most part. Um, And that is, and I will recommend everybody buy this if they're at all interested, even though I will touch on a good chunk of what is in there, but not everything. It is back issue number nine, um, and there is a um, article in there, it's several pages long, from Michael Urey, who does basically a lot of what I try to succeed with in hypertime, but he is far more successful. He actually has some connections to the industry, so 
he is able to do what I want to do, but with much greater success. Uh, so um, back issue is something he's been doing for quite a while. There's a lot of interesting stuff out there. Um, I will put a link to this specific issue, but if you um, jump around, um, I believe their site is tomorrow, um, T-W-O-M-O-R-R-O-W Publishing, something like that. Um, again, it'll be in the notes. You might just click around there, um, see if there's any of the magazines that have topics you'd be interested in. They typically focus on um, each issue will have a specific focus on it. So for back issue number nine, um, I believe it was like different events and um, crossovers and stuff that they would talk about. Um, but in it, they talk about Crisis of the Soul specifically. Um, and I basically stumbled across this topic because I didn't even know it was something that was a thing. <laughs> um, so I stumbled across it while I was researching something else and kind of went down the very small rabbit hole there is for this topic. Uh, and yeah, so here I am today to discuss what very little I could actually find about it. But I think it's actually pretty interesting. Um, and it's kind of one of those topics that really kind of define what I wanted to do with hypertime. Like this is one of those things that kind of slipped through the cracks. No one really knows about, but it's pretty interesting. And I think people would be curious to know something like this could have happened. And so, yeah, this is kind of like a perfect idea of what I want hypertime to be or what I wanted it to be when I first started it talking about topics that maybe not a lot of people know about, um, finding information that even maybe I did not know about. So speaking of that information, let's go ahead and get into it as we discuss the um, attempted follow-up to Crisis on Infinite Earths from DC Comics. So with the massive success that Crisis on Infinite Earths was appearing to be, DC Comics had started to look towards the next maxi-series before Crisis on Infinite Earths was even finished. Jeanette Kahn, she started reaching out to different creators for their ideas at this point. Marv Wolfman, who was basically already deep in with Crisis on Infinite Earths, he wanted to take this task too with an idea that he had in the back of his head, but Jeanette basically wanted him to focus entirely on Crisis on Infinite Earths and not worry about anything else. She felt that he didn't need to prove anything else with how successful Crisis was being at that point. And Marv also thinks that she just kind of wanted someone else to step up and make their mark on the industry as well. So during their next editorial meeting, Jeanette looked to the other editors for ideas. But sadly, none of them were really coming from them, and all that did was kind of anger Jeanette um, and definitely started setting a mood overall. Um, but Marv, he actually did have an idea, and so he pitched it. And Jeanette, seeing as they had nothing else to really go off of, decided to run with it and put editor Andy Helfer in charge of developing it further. Uh, according to Marv, Andy and writer Steve Englehart tried working with the idea, but was no success. Now, whether this was the same meeting or a different one, I'm not really sure, but 
at a editorial meeting, Paul Levitz also asked for every editor to pitch their ideas for the next big crossover. Unfortunately, most editors were green in the gills for a request like this, and it apparently showed by the pitches provided. A week or so later, every editor was then given a stack of the pitches provided during and after that meeting, and of all the pitches, there was one pitch that was considered unanimously the strongest, and it was the one that had no name attached to it. Uh, Nobody had a credit to this pitch. But the person who did pitch it was Paul Levitz. Uh, He basically came clean and said that it was his, um, and this is Crisis of the Soul. Um, Although at that time of the pitch, it had no name. Uh, There were drafts made for a preliminary Bible. Um, It looks like the first was from August 13th, 1986, and then there was a second one from from September 13th, 1985 which I don't know if I typed that in wrong or if I had the date switched, but either way, those are the two dates. Uh, So the introductory paragraphs of that second draft go as the following. Throughout the history of the universe, there have been tides of evil that have swept over worlds, bringing with them the doom of civilizations, species, and even the destruction of entire planets. The source of these tides have never been isolated, but they have been beyond any possible position, too rapid, too powerful, too final, and in the ultimate analysis, too unpredictable, except for the fact that they inevitably reoccur. The tide has come to earth in the person of a seductively handsome young man on a beautiful spring morning. He walks into a small town in America, attracted by the coming crisis moment in earth's destiny. He swiftly moves from city to town, across the globe, in a pattern we cannot discern, searching and investigating this world to which he has come. He is the corrupter, the living tide come to earth. He is a living catalyst for evil who delights in the souls he ruins and feeds upon. Virtually immortal and timeless, he is tremendously powerful and committed to his aims with a passion rare among DC villains. So at this point, the team behind Crisis of the Soul would start to take shape, with many familiar faces behind Crisis on Infinite Earths. Paul Levitz would be behind plotting it out, but helping him out would be associate editor Robert Greenberger, who had helped Wolfman with Crisis on Infinite Earths with the plot. Uh, Len Wein, who was also assisting with setting up Crisis, would also join the team to write the dialogue for Levitz. And then after filling in for Dick Giordano on Crisis with Inking, Jerry Ordway was then asked to provide the pencils for Crisis of the Soul with, with at-the-time-rising star Carl Kiesel to ink. Part of the appeal to Ordway was that Crisis of the Soul was a more personal story for the characters that would affect the universe versus the more cosmic scope that would affect the characters like Crisis on Infinite Earths did. Fortunately for Ordway, Crisis of the Soul was another way that DC would, could entice him to stay with them, one of the ways was expanding Ordway's repertoire by offering him the ability to co-plot Crisis of the Soul with Levitz, something that Ordway wanted to break into. He did this multiple times during 1985, and by the end of that year, the outline of Crisis of the Soul had been completed, and Levitz was starting to tackle the more overall DC Comics schedule so tie-ins could be determined. But what exactly is Crisis of the Soul? 
It would seem it would revolve around a being called the Corrupter, as noted in the draft. Now, Paul describes him as a dark angel in seductive guise. And kind of the way it was described reminds me a lot of Eclipso. The Corrupter has like this gem, which ties it to gem world. And it holds the souls that the Corrupter had captured and tortured. The Corrupter would do as his name implies. He corrupts people throughout the world, including heroes, after finding ways to entice them. This isn't the only thing he does, though, as he also has a method to manipulate time in some respects, and by doing this, also pulls Cosmic Boy from the Legion of Superheroes into the past. Because of this evil virus that the Corrupter is spreading on Earth, a race of Maltusians called the Controllers take action. Because the Guardians of the Universe have went into hibernation, they decide the best course to prevent further spread of the virus is to quarantine the planet Earth. There is also a being called the Manipulator, who has his own goals, although they may not necessarily always veer on the evil side. He has a possibility of good. In Crisis of the Soul, the Manipulator would have some mystery around his grand scheme, with one of them being a penitentiary for supervillains. The two beings cross, and bad things will happen. Another player in the game is a man by the name of David Allen Cross. He is a media mogul who witnesses what is going on throughout the world, including the superheroes turning evil. As one would suspect, this creates some skepticism on his part of the, for the heroes, and the, it kind of gave off like J. Jonah Jameson vibes, but he would remain a big character in the DC Universe after Christ of the Soul would have wrapped up. Um, again, back issue number 9 has more of these things, um, so I just grabbed a few of them, um, and these are like plot points that were going to be done um, in this series. So Spectre, who is always known to have some reason to not get involved, same happens here. He is instructed to remain out of the conflict by God. Um, Star City would be destroyed. There would be a new group of freedom fighters who are formed using members from Outsiders, JLA, Titans, etc., and then they would receive a new title post-Crisis of the Soul. And then Peacemaker would meet Hex in a crossover. And so, yeah, there's like, I think, 10 or so different plot points that back issue number 9 plots out. Again, I'm not going to grab them all here. Please go check out that issue. It's, it's worth reading. So... So what exactly happened to prevent this from coming out? Well, although it never came to fruition, it did make some progress before hitting the brick wall. In October of 1985, contracts for work on the book were being made up. Jerry Ordway, in particular, remarked in back issue number 9 that he took smaller bits of work such as covers in an effort to remain free for the 12-issue maxi-series whenever it would drop in his lap. So it was a little to Jerry's surprise that nothing came up out from it at all. He has a few assumptions as to why, though. One we'll get to shortly regarding Mike Gold and Dick Giordano's effort for a Crisis 2 when Crisis of the Soul wasn't looking to be making headway. The other guess was that Levitz couldn't find the time to get all together in a nice bow. His responsibilities at DC were continuing to grow behind the scenes and being expected to put together a new Crisis on the scale he wanted to with everything else he was having added to his plate became a bit too much. He would also learn that other editors at DC ultimately pushed back against the series because they didn't want the crossover with the event. DC editor at the time, Robert Greenberger, 
verified this last point. According to him, editors were already frustrated having their books interrupted because of the Monitor leading up to Crisis on Infinite Earths, and now they're going to be expected to do a similar thing here. Much like the teams thought prior to Crisis on Infinite Earths, they assumed this was all a cash grab and wasn't privy to the idea of humoring it. So by the fall of that year, the frustrations from the staff boiled over. Levitz had enough. Despite his faith in the story, the other creative teams and editors still wanted nothing to do with it. Levitz thought that they should all work together as a team and cooperate more, and that was obviously not going to happen. Um, Dick Giordano saw the writing on the wall and ultimately put the whole story on hold. And when that went under, DC was still eager to rake in sales with a crisis event of some sort. John Ostrander and Mike Gold came on board, and Legends would be the next big event. Dick Giordano wanted to give Mike Gold the opportunity to create Crisis 2, so he gave Mike free reign. Legends would be born out of this, and that is the event Legends, with uh, John Byrne. But this would not be influenced by any of the other projects brewing in the background at the time. According to Mike, Legends would be created entirely from scratch. And so, like I said, there's not a lot to it, but there is something fascinating about learning, especially like a big event, um, a sequel to the biggest event that DC Comics has ever done, and just seeing it just disappear, just never come to fruition, and... It's a bummer, because based on what I read of it, it sound sound interesting. Um, there are definitely elements of legends that seem to be in there, even though Mike Gold said that he was basically starting from scratch. But we'll talk about that a little bit more here in a second. Let's get through the random trivia here. And if my cat can stop making sounds, I don't know if you guys can hear them or not. Do you hear that? Like that? It's so noisy at night. I don't know what it is. They just refuse to let me record in peace. Like I'm sitting in the living room doing it. And they'll sit here and they'll run around in here. I go downstairs to try and hide from them and they'll follow me down there. So I can't even do that either. It's like they have this, just this need to be around and be as noisy as possible. They wrestle each other. They get in the windows, they bang on the cabinets, they, they're just rowdy, but anyways, I hope and here goes her sister coming up to see what she's doing, so expect some more sounds from them, I will try to, uh, <laughs> try to edit them out, but yeah, we'll see how that works, so anyways, on to random trivia. So I reached out to Marv Wolfman to ask him about his follow-up Maxi series that he had originally pitched to Jeanette Khan. And he said he didn't really remember much about it, just that it would be about a massive villain war as the centerpiece. Um, during his interview with Back Issue Number 9, though, he joked that it never would have been called Crisis of the Soul. In terms of the name, uh, Crisis of the Soul would also be called Crisis of or in the Heart of Darkness. While most seem to refer to the potential series as Crisis of the Soul, the latter title is what Ordway noted on some of his character sketches, such as The Manipulator. Um, piggybacking off of that, the series had a tentative third and fourth title as well, Crisis on Captive Earth, which could be found 
in Secret Origins number two, and also Captive Earth Legends, which was found in Amazing Heroes number 62, due to the Corruptors capturing the Earth and make it making it inaccessible to the rest of the universe. Um, I do have the blurb for Secret Origins number two. I will put that on the website. I will put it on my Twitter, assuming Twitter is still around by the time this episode drops. Um, I will also have different uh, sketches from Jerry Ordway as well of this event. Um, I did reach out to Michael Yuri to get his approval since these are taken from back issue number nine. And he was totally cool with that as long as I credit them appropriately. So I will be sure to do that. Um, but yes, check them out there. Check them out on VG.TV. And yeah, they're pretty cool. And so Legends, when it would get underway, Mike Gold wasn't told how far Crisis of the Soul had gotten before being scrapped. He didn't even realize people were already set to work on the event. So when he started to mess with Legends, and Jerry Ordway didn't learn until later that Crisis of the Soul had morphed into something different, or in this case, something new, he refused to work on Legends, as it was expected of him. And so he basically ditched DC and went to go work at Marvel on Fantastic Four, which... Man, like I feel like Jerry Ordway is pretty beloved at DC now. So the fact that they would kind of do him dirty like that, like not even tell him that the event that he was, you know, he basically stopped doing all this other work for just so he could wait for it and then it never come out seems kind of cruddy. <laughs> so I'm glad that Jerry found his way back to DC, but I'm also kind of surprised that. I didn't realize that he was supposed to be the one to draw Legends originally, too, because of this tie-in to Crisis of the Soul, which makes me wonder how much more if I would have liked Legends if he had drawn it over uh, John Byrne, but, I mean, at that point, I liked John Byrne's art. It wasn't until much later where I started to kind of resent his artwork, but whatever. And so the last thing I have here is that Paul Levitz did have some input on Legends. So there was a little carryover in the loosest way imaginable by having some characters that would have been in Crisis of the Soul appear in Legends. Notable ones include Cosmic Boy, Phantom Stranger, and Guy Gardner. And while the Corruptor and Manipulator would have been new characters in Crisis of the Soul, Darkseid and Glorious Godfrey served similar purposes. And so that, my dear listeners... That is Crisis of the Soul. That is what would have followed Crisis on Infinite Earths. That would have been the uh, the sequel, not Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths. Crisis of the Soul. Um, it's, again, I find this stuff interesting. I don't know if anyone listening to this feels the same, but I love learning about these projects that never come out. Uh, you know, I mentioned it on one of our episodes earlier in the year, I think when we were talking DC Comics, um, how they were doing that like round robin thing and how they were showing you different pitches that, you know, ideal, that ideally we would see at some point, but may not. <laughs> and so the idea that like, hey, here are some of the pitches that we get. We're going to throw them out there, see who's interested I like that kind of stuff. And so, like, reading about this pitch of, like, what was seemingly supposed to be the next big event after Crisis on Infinite Earths and knowing that never happened, I just find that fascinating. I love it. 
And again, this is what I wanted to do for Hyper Time. It's like this kind of information. So it's, I'm happy to have stumbled across it. I'm kind of bummed there wasn't more about it. But props to Michael Yuri, who, as far as I can tell, is like the only real person to have ever gotten decent information on it. Um, I think there was something from Comic Book Resources um, and maybe an interview with Jerry Ordway, but really, for the most part, all of that information is from back issue number nine. Again, I didn't take everything, so if you want to learn more, you might check out that magazine just so you can find out a little bit more on it. Um, But yeah, with that, let's go ahead and get into the outro. And I'll meet you on the other side of this little transition music. If you like what you hear, please spread the word of the podcast. Uh, Rate and review, but more importantly, please share the podcast. Share it with your friends, any forums you're on across. Again, if... Twitter still exists. I don't know what you're doing, Elon, but stop screwing everything up. People like Twitter. If it still exists, spread it there as well. Um, Basically help the podcast grow. I'm going to be brutally honest. I've been debating whether or not HyperTime will continue next year. I've been in this weird funk, and I don't know if it's because of everything that's kind of happening recently or not. But then, you know, I, I do re- record this and I like feel that excitement, like talking about comics and talking about all this stuff again. But man, just life has been in the way recently and it's really kind of soured my interest in doing this. Maybe it's a midlife crisis type thing. You know, I'm 36 years old and I can't say doing research like this and not finding anything is a good feeling. And, you know, do I want to do that with what little time I might still have on this earth? I don't know. But while we do hyper time, it would be nice to have other people out there making them aware. And who knows, if we were to stop hyper time, maybe someone could carry the torch after that. So, God, some of this stuff I'm, I do in the outro is going to be weird if Twitter does... <laughs> Does shut down because hey, don't forget to follow Hypertime on Twitter at Hypertime Pod. Um, don't forget to follow me at jmilly99 or Alan at the Alan Mirror. You know, all that kind of stuff. That stuff's gonna be weird if Twitter goes down. I don't know, I guess we'll see. But yeah, if you do have any suggestions of things that you would like me to look into, you know, you can send me something on Twitter. Otherwise, you can send it to our email address, hypertime, the number two, podcast at gmail.com. And then this is part of vju.tv, the website that we kind of base everything around. So if there's other content you're interested in, um, most of it is video game related. Please check us out. Um, We have a podcast called Players Club Podcast, which is kind of like a more general video game topic um, show. You know, they pick one. It's Alan and Emmett, um, and they do like one topic of the show, and then they talk about what they've been playing, stuff like that. And then there's another podcast that we do called Win, and that's Graydon and Alan. And that one's kind of more on a hiatus at the moment, but... 
Um, that's the Week in News podcast. Um, so, yeah, if you're interested in video game stuff, please check us out there. And again, on our website, VGU.TV, which is where I will also post this video, or not this video, this audio, along with pictures that I found for this. Um, we also have a YouTube, uh, VGU TV. Um, it will, again, as I've said in past episodes, there are a few out there that you might run across. Um our past endeavors on YouTube that instead of starting those back up, we just decided to start new channels. Um, so if there's anything recent, that would be us. Um, so like subscribe, all that kind of stuff, please. And we would appreciate that. And then, yeah, that's it. That's it. Short episode today, but hopefully a topic that you're all got some information out of something new, something different. And yeah, I don't know how well this is going to sound when I go to edit it, but hopefully not too bad. Um, Yeah, I'm glad I ran across this. I thought this topic was a lot of fun. Um, So hopefully I can find more like it in the future. Kind of make these, these shorter episodes are nice. I like not having to edit a two and a half hour podcast all the time, but you know what? I'll do what I need to do and hopefully I can get them out in a decent amount of time. So uh, with that, I will bid you all do. I hope you all take care. Um, if you are in America, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, don't overstuff yourself. Oh, who am I? Who am I kidding? We're going to, we're going to eat like little pigs. So yeah, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Be safe on black Friday. If you get out, no one should be doing that anymore with online sales. And, yeah, hopefully we'll see you further down the hype time. Take care. Bye. This has been a VGU.TV production. For all of the hottest hot takes and other opinions on video games, music, and a lot more, tune in to VGU.TV.